polite and we're looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle The number one place to get your kind of fix in the podcast world I'm your host Lee Rooney and this week I'm joined by a special guest host United's dreams of a League Cup runner over as they go down to a 3-2 defeat in League 1 side Shrewsbury Town. We look back on the game of Shropshire and look ahead to the inevitable circus that will be Swindon Town coming and Mr McCurdy's return. Yeah, I'm sure anyone who's just downloaded the episode this week is going to be a little bit surprised because they're probably waiting to hear I'm Mike Booth or I'm Dan McLennan, but it's not Mike Booth or Dan McLennan this week. It's one of our 60-second reviewers. It's Mr. Greg Bowman. How are you doing, Greg? I'm not too bad, mate. You okay? Yeah, pretty good. It's lovely weather, isn't it, today? I've had to close the window because I live right next to the railway line. And you can hear the trains going by if you leave it open. So uh, it's a bit warm in here. And I can't put the fan on, big fan on either because you can hear the big fan when I'm recording. Oh, dear. I, I have to say I was um, shocked that I got this call up today to their first team. Um after last week's podcast, when you said you weren't going to use me very sparingly, and then two days later, you're, you're, you're begging me to come on your, your channel. Um, Groveling. Yeah, it feels like a Keith Curl U-turn, and I'm Gary Dicker. But there yeah. you go. <laughs> That's a good look at it. Dan, Dan, will, Dan will absolutely love that comparison. Really cute, really. But yeah, so we're going to do the usual stuff. We'll talk about the Shrewsbury game. We'll talk about a little bit of news and we'll look ahead to the Swindon game. And we'll have, we'll have a little chat about your YouTube channel, Greg, later as well, won't we? Yeah, your, uh, no bother. Bullman's Beer Reviews. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. Um, first up, obviously, before we start, I've got to say, uh, as usual, once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Car United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Car United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore. And of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on for away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and fundraising for the club. They're going to provide us with information for the away games as part of the preview section again this season. You can find out more about London Branch at the website, carlallondonbranch.org. And just obviously a reminder as well, you can subscribe to the podcast on all good podcast apps, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Just click subscribe and every time a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification for you to download it. And if you can review us on in those apps as well, that'd be brilliant. Five-star reviews, always welcomed. Uh, you can follow us on social media, at Brunton Bugle on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook, just search for the Brunton Bugle and click like. You can also email us, bruntabugle at gmail.com, and you can find us on the uh, Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a really good community, well worth joining that. It's about nearly 3,000 people in that, it's massive. Um, and also on the Cumbrians.net message board, where I've got to give a shout out to Ibergain, who's, there's a thread on there, basically, uh, where we post it when a new episode comes out to let people know. And Ibergain's a regular listener, and um, and he's basically come up with a drinking game. <laughs> to do <laughs> while you're listening and uh, if, if you actually followed it you would be sozzled by about halfway through the show especially uh, when when Dan starts talking misty eyed about Ian Stevens or I or, or I messed up with the introduction but there you go right well, well let's get into it then Greg um, first up only one bit of news this week but it's quite a big bit of news it's one that's sort of been bubbling over the summer isn't it Paul Huntington is signed yeah. for the Blues Paul Simpson's finally got his man I mean it turns out, from what Paul said as well, he, he was his number one target in the summer for that experienced defender, wasn't he? Had to buy yeah. his time, but yeah, got, got his man. Um, signed on a one-year deal. Um, if you don't already know these things, obviously he's, he's born in, born in Carl. Um, 
He's now 34 years old. He's a six foot five centre back. He uh, previous clubs at Newcastle United, Leeds United, Stockport County, uh, loan spell and permanent, Yeovil Town, and Preston North End. He made something like over 450 appearances in the EFL, and pretty much all of those have been at League One and Championship level. I it's going to wear the squad number six. That's the one Simmer has been keeping hold for him. It's a vast amount of experience to bring in, isn't it, Greg? Yeah, totally. Is it an exciting signing for you? Yeah, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. Um, he's got the experience, like you mentioned, and he knows the city. I know um, it seems to be really, really positive online from what I've seen from the majority. A couple of people have um, brought up what happened a long time ago, but he, it was, he was 20 years old. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if I spoke to everybody who I'd uh, annoyed in the last 14 years I would have nobody to speak to so yeah I think it's I think you've got to take it with, uh, with a pinch of salt really yeah you have to I mean like, for those who, who you know maybe not old enough to remember 14 years ago you was playing for Leeds United in a game against us I think they won 3-2 that day didn't they or 3-1 I can't remember it was in, yeah. the, in the running of that season when we played them in the playoffs and uh, when they scored their third goal, he ran up to the little cheese wedge we were in, in the corner and basically started kissing his shirt and screaming at us. And uh, yeah, basically it did not go down very well. And um, yeah, he, he, but, he got a fair bit of stick off that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. There was a there was a big thread on the the message board at the time with a that. load of uh, random pictures. But he has admitted it in the interview that it was yeah. cringe. And he's he's grew up and he sounds like he has as well. Yeah. Um, Unlike uh, a player who will be playing against this weekend, but yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll talk about him later on, <laughs> won't we? I'm afraid. Um, I, I don't want to put a damper on this. Obviously, the fact that we know the fact that he's going to need a few weeks to get his fitness up uh, in terms of because he's not had a pre-season. I'm sure he's experienced enough though. Within a couple of weeks, he'll be in a good good state. But one slight concern would be the fact that he's only played ten minutes of first team football in the last something like eighteen months. Now. Part of the reason for that, and he has talked about this to be fair in his interview, is that Preston had a huge squad last season and they had other younger, better options, I suppose, ahead of him. There, he's, he's made over 300 appearances for Preston, so he's clearly well-liked there. W- would you be a little bit concerned about that? Or are you thinking he's dropping down this level, he's going to have the class to, to do it? I, I think he'll have the class. Um, and, you know, looking at the shape he's in, he's in far better clip than I am. He'll, he, <laughs> he looks he looks fine. He'll be all right. Um, give him a couple of weeks, like he says, and um, he'll hit the ground running. And I think we've got a, an experienced centre-back, which is what we need. You look at the average age of that team, it is quite a young team on the whole. So I'm pleased to have a bit of experience in there. Yeah, I think he I think he make a really good impact. And with some of the injury issues we've got at the moment, I think we're going to need him probably yeah. a bit sooner than you'd hope, I think. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Well, that, that's the news wrapped up nice and quick this week. Um, let's talk about the the midweek action then. Um, Shrewsbury Town three, Carl United two. Um, yeah, United out of the um, out of the League Cup at the first attempt this season. But I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I mean, I was obviously out of the game. You weren't yourself, Greg. Obviously, totally I was listening. Yeah, you were listening. Um, yeah, another encouraging performance. I'm, I'm not downhearted at all by it. it. It's it's one of those ones where. It's frustrating because I think we had chances to, to potentially nick it or even get it to penalties, but we just switched off a little bit at the end. And yeah, you always want to have a good cup run, but at the same time, as long as you don't get battered and don't embarrass yourself, I think you can take the positives from it, can't you? Yeah, and the way the injuries are at the moment, it might be a blessing in disguise. And yeah. from what from what I've heard, the the performance was positive. 
the people who came into the team have had a good uh, game as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of positives to be taken from Tuesday night. So and we got a couple of goals. So it's yeah, yeah got to just look at it from the positives really. Well, let's talk about those goals then, Greg. Um, first up, opener, Ryan Edmondson getting his first goal for the club. And it's a lovely little move this was. Well, obviously, I've seen this live and in person when you behind the goal. But it looks even more flowing when you see it when you're looking down the pitch from behind the goal. So, uh, Jaden Harris, who we'll talk about in a little while about his performance. Um, he showed a, a great bit of awareness to slot the ball down the wing to Hilton in space. He got himself to the edge of the area in a good position and then played a perfect pass to Edmondson who slotted through the keeper's legs from 12 yards out and that's what you want to see Ryan Edmondson doing isn't it? Totally, totally I'm just so pleased he's got off the mark he's, he was he was putting in pre-season so yeah. and he's and he's been he was unlucky first game against Crawley when he hit the back of the net um, but no it's it's good hopefully now that's him going to go on a roll if he stays fit but we'll see yeah, that, that's the one concern, is obviously because he only lasted about half an hour, unfortunately. Cause yeah, a slight recurrence of that little knock he's got to his hip, and from what Simo's saying, it's a touch and go probably whether he'll start the weekend. Um, Shrewsbury got the equaliser just on the stroke of half time, pretty much in the first minute of injury time at, heart, at the end of the first half. And I mean, fair play to an excellent free kick. We were right behind. I was right behind the goal, above the the goal, and as soon as he set it up, I was with him. Um, Craig from Run Corner, I travelled down with, and we both sort of said, oh, the way this is set up, if he pings this perfectly, you know, if he gets this right, the whole he's got no chance. And he, it, it's a, it's a ping, isn't it? I think is the way I describe yeah. it. Yeah, when when I seen the goal online, my one criticism because when I listen to the game, it sounds like he he was brilliant first half, yeah. holy. Um, but when when you see the when you see the goal, it looks like he's so far across to the other side. And, and I, my thought is, is he hasn't set the wall up well there at all. And and I know he's a tall man, but there was no way on earth he was going to get to that ball, regardless because of it, with, yeah. with where it was put. It was fairly close to the top corner. It wasn't right in the corner, I would say that. But it, it, I mean, clipping the bar as well obviously makes a big difference. You know, it, it's one of those ones you look and you think, oh, it's going to come out. No, when he hit the bar first, oh, it's, no, it's gone straight. Um, as well as that, I think as Craig actually said at the time. I think only one person in the wall actually jumped, but I don't think it would have made much of a difference because they got yeah. so much dip on it. It's uh, yeah, it's um, great strike. Can't really argue it too much. It's really frustrating not to hold on to that league going to the break. I mean, the most frustrating thing about it actually was the fact that it probably shouldn't have ended up being a free kick to to them. Not that the, the free kick itself. I think it's one of those ones the referee's probably going to give. The player's been very clever and sort of shielded the ball and made sure Whelan can't get to it and has to fouling basically but actually in the build up just before that they got given a throw in that was never their throw in essentially Bax sort of got the ball he's fouled once plays yeah. on and then he goes to go and sort of clear it and he gets their player goes through the back of him and I think it actually does come off back last but there's no way he would have kicked that without the player fouling him so it should have been our free kick right. they wave play on literally about five seconds after the throw in they've got a free kick on the edge of the box it's frustrating that the, the referee was not the best I think it's fair to say there was one yeah. point in the first half he gave them a free kick for a high boot by Amari Patrick the lad was heading it at knee height I mean, I mean literally knee height and like it was absolutely baffling why he gave that free kick and then in the second half same thing happened with Corey Whelan slightly higher up maybe about hip height and again referee just said play on this time it's a consistent that, that, that's what yeah. drives you mad sometimes consistency isn't it yeah. that kind of thing um Half an hour into the second half, 75 minutes, Shrewsby took the lead. Um, it was Udo, again, causing problems. And he, 
for me, you'll have seen it on the video, Greg, but this is yeah. sort of, yeah, I think it's a mix of brilliant forward play and slightly slack defending that, that yeah. gave them this lead. Um, DeCosta, for sure, you, the, he, he did relax, actually, after he came on as a sub, um, given a bit too much space by Armour on the right. Um, the ball's whipped in, and, and Udo, he comes into a position where he wasn't going to be able to get a shot off straight away, and he takes a great touch, holds it off, and then just turns on the ball and, and hits it, and Holy's almost, his body weight's already committed to go to the dive the other way, and he, and he does well to put it in the other corner. My big criticism here is, I think Ben Barkley could be a little bit tighter. Yeah, on Udo. yeah, it looks like he got rolled too easy. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. ones, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a League One strike who's a little bit clever, isn't he? And lesson learned, I suppose, for, for Ben Barkley on that occasion. Um, but once again, we, we got an equaliser, <laughs> and it, it's it's the Mox and Dennis partnership that's paying dividends, isn't it? It's incredible. It's thing. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The, the the awareness that they have of each other, you'd think they'd play together for ages. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. And I mean, with, with that as well, I mean, you were at the Penrith game in pre-season, weren't you? Where I think yeah. Moxon set Dennis up for a brilliant think, goal there as well. Uh, I, I'm going to say yeah, but I did drink a lot of Strongbow Dark Fruit that day, so <laughs> I'll, I'll say yeah. Greg got some absolutely cracking photos of him with some of the players, especially <laughs> Thomas Holy. He looks a giant next to you. Um, but yeah, and, and it was not quite a carbon copy, but a, a fairly similar goal. I mean, great little bit of play from Moxon. Lovely feet to get away from a, an attempt to nick the ball off him. Gets a bit of space and just gets his heads up. And it's, it's not like a a driven pass is it it's just a lovely little chip perfectly into yep. Dennis's path and actually I don't think the footage if, what I'd say is anyone go watch the the club's uh, pitch side blues video from this game because there was one for this they had a camera on there and you get a better impression of or get a better view sorry of Christian Dennis's first touch in the build up to this because it is a brilliant first touch it takes the defender out of the game puts the defender in a position where he's going to have to take out Dennis and give away a penalty and a red card if you just go for the ball. And then a nice little finish. It, do, it does come off the keeper. On, on the video, on the, the official highlights, it looks like it hits the post. It doesn't actually hit the keeper. Just a weird angle that shows it that way. And um, and yeah, a bedlam in the away end. And you think, yeah, we can potentially take this one to penalties possibly or maybe even nick it at the end. But unfortunately, it was the League One side that they got the winner. Um, once again, it was a bit of a soft free kick to get given against us. It's one of those ones, if, if a referee's being picky, he's going to give those all day probably. Um Little move, ball into the box, found uh, Catton at the uh, far post. Uh, he beat Gibson to the ball, which isn't really a surprise because he's much bigger than Gibson. Uh, nods it down and found Dunkley unmarked in the middle and he he almost messes it up. He just about gets out of his feet in time and Holy's got no chance from close range, has he? It's one of those ones, I suppose, Greg, you look at it as well, where you think, got to be a little bit better marking in the middle. Yeah, there was, there was so many people who that ball went past once it got headed down who could have had a chance of clearing it. And it was just it was it was simple really, but hopefully they'll learn from it. Yeah, maybe a little bit tightness towards the end of a game. Yeah, you know, sometimes your players will switch off on those occasions, won't they? Um, yeah, and that was obviously the the winner. Couldn't couldn't find a, any a goal after that. We had a couple of chances. I mean, Jack Arm had a, a great little maze run up late on, but he opted to shoot on his right foot, and he was a weak shot, and he could have maybe played it again on the pass to someone else to, to have a go. Um, Holy did have a couple of saves to make on early on in the game. Nothing too concerning, but some some good uh, good handling from him. Uh, Patrick had one where he threw on goal, fired it straight at the keeper, but the 
rebound. The keeper picked up quite well. Second half, Dennis played an, an unbelievable cross from the, from the left that found Sheridan. He got a flicked effort, which the defender then got a slight block on and deflected it wide for a corner. There was a corner after that that was headed to get again out for another corner, and then from that corner, Corey Whelan was so close to heading in as well. He, he, he on the highlights, he doesn't look that close, but I'm sure he, where I was behind the goal, it looked like he was only inches wide. Um, and they had a few chances second half. They, they peppered the goal a little bit, but. Um, yeah, just one of those ones in the end. You, you dust yourself off, you, you learn your lessons and, and move on to the league game of the weekend, don't you? I mean, totally. Team selection for this, were you not really surprised at all with the, with the changes that were made? Uh, no, Hilton needed a run out and the lads that came in, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really fault it. I'm pleased he made some changes and going back to the injuries, I feel like all, all I'm going to talk about at the moment is injuries, but... Yeah. Um, it's just it's good that these lads have came in and they've done all right. So it's that little bit more reassurance for Saturday where they are probably going to be needed. And it's good as well that the subs who came on made an impact as well. Actually, to yeah, be fair. They, they look they look lively. I mean, um, before we we go into our sixty second reviews for this episode, um, I want to talk about Jaden Harris's debut. I thought he was fantastic. He had a really good game this one, Greg. I tell you, yeah. He likes to tackle. <laughs> he really Good. does like a tackle. He was, he was get flying and getting stuck in. There's a couple of times I was like, bloody hell, rein yourself in a little bit, lad. But at the same time, you don't want to rein that enthusiasm in, do you? You want, you want them to be lively. And um, yeah, two or three times that he won the ball, not only won the ball, but he got up and, and then started another attack. And, I think it's good that, looking at that, we've probably got some good, good competition between him and Moxon for that box-to-box midfielder role. And, and again, Callum Guy had another good game. And I remember both me and you were raving about his performance yeah. against Crawley, weren't we? Yeah. He, he looked like the, the player we saw a couple of seasons ago rather than the one we saw last season. I noticed um, Whelan got the armband over him on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, it's an interesting point, though. Yeah, it's a fair point. I, I wonder if there's a thing there psychologically. Simpson is saying to Callum Guy, I want you to just concentrate on being the best possible yeah. player you can be. Don't worry about being captain. You can still do all the captain style stuff, you know, talk to the referee and things like that. But just get on with your game and. And it's making a difference. It is making a difference. He looks a better player, and he's not having a sulk about it. That's the key thing. Yeah. He could easily, you know, you know, kicked off and said, "You know, I was captain last season. Why are you taking it off me?" But no, he's fine with it, which is which is really good. Things shows what a good professional he is. Actually, to be fair, totally. Yeah, but um, as you mentioned, Fawley, that good partnership between um, Moxon and uh, Dennis continues, doesn't it? You know, they they've just got this incredible bit of a link between them. It's, it's yeah. surreal, isn't it? And Moxon what strikes me about him is not just the fact that he's coming and he looks up to it physically but in terms of his quality as well on the ball he's so calm isn't he very, against very. Crawley, he kept the ball so well really I, I, I think we just need to enjoy him this season because if he continues to play in this vein of form like he's been in pre-season there will be clubs coming for him in the summer next year he's he's started like you wouldn't think he hadn't played at this level before. No, it's no, it's it's unbelievable. It, he really is. Uh, it's a joy to watch, and it's so good that he's he is technically a homegrown player. So yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah, well, I think once he adds goals to his games as well, that you, you might start to see a, definitely a few of the bigger scouts coming down to watch him. Um, yeah. and, and, and and massive shout out to Christian Dennis. Three goals, three games. I mean. The shape he looks in compared to when he first arrived. I don't say like he looked out of shape, you know, fat or anything like that. But he looked like a player who was maybe coming back from a few injuries and wasn't really up to speed, was he? He was struggling in a few yeah. games. You still see 
glint of the quality you expect, but he looks really up pretty. Yeah. He, he looked slow last season, actually, you know, in some of the games he saw, but now yeah. doesn't look it at all, does he? Yeah, he was he was blowing a bit last season, and that would be in the first halves, but um, we were just so short on players. But before the ball was kicked this season, I was thinking, oh, he'll be a good player to bring off the bench. Now you're looking at him and you're thinking, he has to start every game, and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, really, really good to see. And I've got to give a little shout out for Jack Stretton, actually. He came on and he looked lively. What I'd say is, I think he needs to hit him and actually Hilton as well, to be fair, I should say on this. Probably both need to get used to the physical side of, of this level because Hilton actually did get better as the game went on. There's a few times where he was pushed off the ball a little bit too easily, but also I, th- I think with, with Stretton, that, that happened quite a, bit, a little bit too often when he came on. Some really lively moments. He's got a bit of pace on him and he, and he, and he you know, he's got good movement. But sometimes he was beating to the ball a bit easily and he was sitting complaining and wanting a foul and he was never getting a foul. So that, that's something he's got to learn quickly because it's, it's different from playing in like an under-23 yeah. side, isn't it, really? It's, really I'm, sure he'll, I'm sure he will learn that lesson quite well. Um, right, well, we'll do some of the uh, six-second reviews now. Um, first up, I've got uh, Lee Simpson. He, he sent one in uh, to Dan and uh, this is his six-second review. No, just on the game against Shrewsbury, I feel like, um, oh no, it was a decent performance uh, a few things I could do we'd been tidied up felt like we forced the ball a lot trying to get the ball forward um, we play out decently from the back and then we're getting to the midfield and we're just trying to hoof it up front or try and kick up the channels but over like overplaying the ball out of touch um, but like that's things that we can easily work on but yeah at times solid performance I thought we played Really well. Um, I mean, Mox's ball over the top to Dennis was absolute cracker. If you can keep providing them all season, then I mean, there's no reason why we can't push for top seven, if not top three. Um, Defence could do it. Maybe been a little bit tidied up, just giving away stupid goals like off free kicks. But now Huntington signed. Hopefully, with his experience, he can tidy them up. But yeah, pretty impressed by last night, to be honest. Easily could have won. There you go, that's Lee's review. Interesting, he says about the playing a bit long too soon. That's a fair point, actually. The best chances we had in the game was when we got the ball down and actually tried to play a little bit. And when when we got back and armour up the field as well to give us options to play the balls into the channels. I think there was a few times first half where they didn't get forward as much and we were trying to lock... I think there was two or three times where both Edmondson and Patrick both overhit balls down the channel to each other, basically. And I think sometimes a little bit of reining in there for absolutely. I think that's yeah. something you can work on. But yeah, I wouldn't disagree with what Lee said at all. It's it's encouraging, definitely. Right, up next is Regan. Now, Regan, you may all know, is someone who constantly tweets John after games, demanding a certain phrase be used in his assessment of, of the game. And John <laughs> won't use it because of because uh, he can't use that in a, in a newspaper that families have to read. I'm very interested to see whether Regan uses that phrase in here. I'm 99% certain he will. I'm not going to believe that. <laughs> so, so here we go. Here's Regan's assessment of the game. I'll get the sour taste out my mouth first. Just started with VFL, which was a crap. And I'll leave that there. Uh, in terms of the game, did really well. Matched them. Um, I thought we were going to go on beat them until they scored the second goal. So just a little bit more quality from them. A little bit telling. We seen the fit of team. Still pressing them, still trying to make things happen with the ball, whereas they seem to just go a bit long with it. Um, but obviously, it's a free hit in the league call. Playing a side in the league above and 
did really well, held our own. In terms of positive signs, Holly, really, really good. Um, definitely need to improve that back row. Need a new left wing back in. I think that's a bit more important than a defender now, obviously depending on Feeney's injury. Um, attacking output's brilliant. So once that starts clicking, shag as well, shag again. <laughs> I knew he was going to get it in there. Oh dear! I'm not editing that bit out because that's yeah, that's his phrase that he wants it in there. So there you go. Uh, when, I wouldn't disagree with you, I think maybe a little bit harsh on Jack Armour. I think the, the thing I think with that is you've got Taylor Charters coming back in a few weeks, haven't you? Yeah. And Simpson seems to think he'll play that role, especially as. He, he's done that with Gator for quite a few weeks, didn't he? I think while he was yeah, there. and so but we been. also he did. Simpson has hinted now that that's the budget gone. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think we are going to get anybody in at uh, in that position. It's probably going to have to be one in, one out now till yeah. till the end of the transfer window. Unless you can find a loan where you basically don't have to pay into the wages, but quite yeah. often in that case they're not going to be able to scratch. It's going to be a Dinsey style signing. Um, I should say Regan did send that to us before. Paul Huntington signed, so he, he wasn't aware of that at that point. Whereas uh, uh, Lee sent his in after Paul Huntington signed, so that that's why there's a slight difference in terms of what they say. But uh, that's a fair point. Actually, Simpson did say that it's. I don't mind that, you know. I really don't mind the fact that he said that the work's done because yeah. you you think back to last summer, what an absolute car crash that was on the last couple of days of trying to get players in and. You know, ended up with yeah. We ended up with Jonathan Dinsey on loan. I mean, one of the most pointless loan signings we've made in years from a Premier League yeah. club as well. He was. I, I'm quite happy with him saying I'm sorted now. This is my squad. Yeah, we've got the few injuries at the moment. That can happen. You can have spells where you've got a few players out. I stick with what we've got. I think I think we're in a good position here, really, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, no, I think both those assessments are pretty fair. Like you said, I, I, it was one of those nights where it could have gone the other way. Possession stats-wise, when you look at them, to be fair, they were slightly more on top. And they did have twice as many shots as us, but there was a lot of long-range shots in there that went wide, to be fair. so, And the ones that, you know, the nine on tackle they had, a lot of them were straight at Thomas Holy, so I wouldn't take as much from that. The number of shots we had was pretty much exactly the same as we had against Colchester in the league at the weekend. So, you know, for an away game, 11 shots uh, in total, three on target. Can't really crumble too much about that, can you? So, um so yeah, I think on we go, basically. Um, before we go on to the second half of the show and previewing the Swindon game, um, just have a quick look through the uh, League Cup results from the first round, Greg. Um, I've picked a few talking points out because there's been plenty of shocks in this round, hasn't there? Um, yeah. Championship sides faced League 1 or League 2 teams in 14 different ties. Only two championship clubs came out victors in those games. That was Rotherham 1-2-1 at Port Vale and Blackburn Rovers won 4-0 at home to Hartlepool. Some of the big ones in terms of results I've picked out. Barrow, sadly, continue yeah. there. Good start to the season, beating Blackpool on pens after a nil nil draw. Did you did you see the end of the shootout? I didn't. I've I vaguely heard about it from the radio. Oh, but. Well, I had it on with us listening to the game. So Farman saves a penalty, thinking he's won the shootout. So the, the players are all jumping on him. The referee brings it back. They um, take it again, score. 
So then Bader have to score to to win the shootout. That gets saved, <laughs> and then and then uh, they then get another chance to uh, have to save the penalty to win it. Otherwise, it goes to uh, sudden death, and yeah. the the Blackpool player blazes it over the bar. So <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make it up. Incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. I mean, you, yeah. So. Um... Yeah, a good result for Barrow, although from what I've read, it, it sounds like Paul Farman did keep them in the game in that game as well, to be fair, in terms of his goalkeeping. Um, right, Bradford City, they beat Hull City 2-1 in the Yorkshire Derby. Good result for Mark Hughes there, isn't it? Probably gives them a bit of confidence yeah. after their shaky start to the season. Um, Colchester got a narrow uh, 1-0 win, but one they'll be very happy about it. Their neighbours, Ipswich Town, I mean, with all the uh, ex-Ipswich players in their team as well. So I'm not, there's a bit of crowd trouble at this game though. There's a bit of a seat to be in front and stuff like that, which we don't like to see. Um, but let's talk about the most ridiculous one result there, Greg. Cheltenham nil, Exeter 7. It's crazy. I don't know if Cheltenham made a load of changes, but it doesn't sound like they're going to have an easy season this time yeah. now, does it? And yeah. Exeter have had a really good start in that league and they've only signed one player. So continuity they've, they've works just, sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think back to when we went up, we didn't make that many signs in the summer, did we? When we went up to League League One, we did it almost gradually, didn't we? You signed a few in January as well, I think, from what I remember. Can't think of that. Like no. Kevin Gall came, I remember that, and Paul Murray, but not not a huge amount on top of that. So, yeah, uh, so yeah just, just goes to show, doesn't it? It's, and if you if you've not seen the seventh goal they scored in this game, it's on Twitter somewhere. It genuinely, bear in mind the six and up are at this point, and they basically just play the ball around Cheltenham. I think pretty much every player the ball in the team touches it, and then they basically score the goal. Really, really good football, and I, I could see them doing all right in League One this season. Um, should note that Shrewsbury have, have drawn Burnley at home in the next round, but we would not face Burnley in the next round because the numbers would have been slightly different. And I've managed to work this out. If we got through, we would have faced either Sheffield United or West Brom at home. Now they're playing this evening while we're recording, basically. So. Uh, so yeah, I can't say I'm that disappointed to not face either of those two at home, to be honest. It's not the, not the most exciting tie, is it? But, uh, no. but there you go. Right, okay, well, well, we'll take a short break then and we'll be back to cover the preview of the Swindon game. Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle. What I love about that is he says Paul Simpson from the football club as if we'd get a random Paul Simpson off the street <laughs> to, to record it. Just wants to remind us that it's actually the Paul Simpson. But there you go. Right, we're into the second half of the show. Uh, we haven't got a question this week. I'd, I'd ask Dan to get one, but he's been quite busy today. So oh, please. So, yeah. That's good That's good for me. Thank you. Well, there's a different question for you later on, isn't there, Greg, I think? So uh, oh, we'll be doing great. that then. So there you go. Um, right, well, up next, we've got the Behind Enemy Lines section. So this week, uh, we spoke to the guys from the Low Strangers podcast again. I think we spoke to them a couple of times last season. Uh, it's Rich, who's one of their hosts uh, we talked to. Um, a few things to talk about here. We, we talked particularly about their playoff defeat hangover from losing to Port Vale back in May. Uh, the summer saga of their managerial change, which was basically dragged on and on for about a month, I think. Uh, the underwhelming summer recruitment they've done, and of course, yeah, we, we we couldn't avoid talking about that man, Mr McCurdy, could we? So here's the chat I had with Rich earlier this week. Okay, so I've got Rich from the Loath Strangers Swindon Town podcast here to talk about all things... Uh, it's, it's the Robins, isn't it? That's your nickname, isn't it? I always forget this one. It, or is it... Have you got different ones than that? Hello, Lee. Yeah, it's the Robins, which is right. rubbish, isn't it? It's yeah. such a rubbish well, nickname. Well, our, our nickname's the Cumbrians, which is just the county we're in. So, it's just, <sighs> and it's, it's a difficult. I take one. I take the Wiltshireman though. I would have that, uh, no problem. And we also have like um, we have a nickname called the Moonrakers, which is yeah. like one of those sort of um, uh, 
tales of yesteryear, and that's so much better than that, the Robins. A, that's a really cool nickname. It's like um, Harrogate have got is it the Sulfurites? Yeah, like yeah, that's something different. Like ours are basically the Blues or the Cumbrians, and some people call us the Foxes. We're not the Foxes, very specifically. Even though we've had a fox on our crest in the past, we're not <laughs> the Foxes. That's good. Something that we always have to make it. That's Leicester City. Um, we've been we've been the rail the railwaymen, yeah. um, which crew have got, but yeah. we've we've been them historically. And I think originally we were like the Spartans, which would be oh, so much on. cooler. Come on, yeah, it's much yeah. much better than the Robins, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so much better. Well, Rich, let, let's get talking about all things Swindon Town then. Um, mm. It's been quite a summer of upheaval, hasn't it, for Swindon? Considering you, you know, you only lost out in the playoff semi-finals back in May. There's been a lot of changes. Obviously, your manager's gone. A few players have followed him up the road to, to Charlton. How are Swindon fans feeling about this campaign? What, what's the feeling? Can, do you feel like you can kick on and do the same again? Maybe get the playoffs, or is it is it going to be a tough one? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, so when we lost to Port Vale in the playoffs. I think most people walked out of Vale Park and turned the tellies off um, after the game, thinking, "Well, you know, we can, we can probably kick on from this mm. and compete for autos or you know, or the championship itself um, next season." And then swiftly after, Ben Garner left. Or, it, well, he didn't leave. He, he was kind of like being courted by Charlton and there was this huge gap between uh, rumour and then the appointment itself. And yeah. then the players followed, several other players left too. And then the owner and CEO went on a recruitment drive to get a new manager. And I don't know what happened there, but then they gave it to the new technical director, Sandro Di Michele, who comes from a betting background, mm-hmm. doesn't have any major experience in football. And they've pretty much given him the keys to the kingdom. So he went and finished the recruitment job off, which was by simply appointing that season's assistant head coach. And since then, the recruitment, it, it's really tough to really save away because it's so early but there's been no real inspiring uh, signings they've all been the sort of signings Angus McDonald aside the sort of signings that you 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 make oh it'd be good coming on with 10 minutes to go but these guys are starting and a lot of come with a non-league background so at the moment, I think you've got a real divide. It's not necessarily an angry divide, but you've got an ang- a divide of fans that are like, you know what, let's see how they do. There's some definite promise in there to the other side of the spectrum of fans going, this is going to be a horror show. And I think most people are in the middle going, I've had a few concerns, but I'm not going to declare them just yet. <laughs> Kind of similar to when we missed out on the playoff season before last, actually. We, there was kind of a feeling like we made a couple of really good signings here, but the squad does look a bit thin and we're not 100%. And as it was, mm. we had a pretty appalling season for the most part. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, you, you mentioned about the protracted process with Garnet. It, that, that was a bizarre situation because it seemed to be known for about a month that he was going to Charlton yeah. and nothing was announced. It, I mean, that must have been really frustrating as a fan. Yeah, it was very frustrating, and I think most of that was from Charlton's end. I think their mm. owner is uh, is barking, isn't he? But uh, at the same time, I was quite critical on the podcast of the lack of noise. You know, we saw teams across the EFL instantly put out statements saying that this is what's happening, this is what you need to know, we'll, we'll keep you posted as and when. But Swindon kind of went off the grid, Um 
I, I sort of publicly bemoaned that to a degree and got plenty of stick for it, but I stand by that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would say I won't, I won't sort of push Swindon Town under the bus for that that process. I think that was mostly Charlton, and there was a a little bit of a, a standoff in terms of the compensation for Ben Garner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, frustrating one, isn't it? Um, how difficult has it been to get over the disappointment of that? play a semi-final defeat because you guys were you know flying for, for long parts of last season and obviously you had the great cup run and then to then lose it on penalties in the way you did I, mean, I think it's fair to say we'll talk about him later but I think Carlisle fans very much enjoyed McCurdy's missing <laughs> that penalty shootout but how disappointing was that? Um, I think I think in my mind I thought we were going to do it you know, I, th- I I think not in that sort of um, arrogant way. Yeah. I just felt like we had the form in the run into the playoffs, much like Bristol Rovers did yeah. getting automatic. We were unbeaten in five or whatever, and we were looking good and we were really good away from home. So after winning the, the first leg and being so annoyed that we conceded that goal at the county ground, knowing that the game was still on, I still felt confident that we would at least score at Bell Park. And if we, would have we would have gone to Wembley and we didn't have many chances bar bar Baudry and then the penalty shootout was in our hands too at one stage and then it went very weird (laughs) because I don't think it really registered for me until the new season was just about to begin it's kind of when you see the fixtures and then you see what who Port Vale and co have got you're kind of like oh my goodness and then because there was the crowd trouble at the end of the game a lot of fans focused on that and the lack of police action at the time and then the manager leaving it we we had to process quite a lot in in quite a short space of time and it wasn't really until the season was rapidly approaching did did it really sink home that boy that was that was a chance that we missed yeah it's frustrating wasn't it um in, in terms of um the manager, obviously, you mentioned there the fact that Garner left and his, his former assistant, Scott Lindsay, he's got the job. What are the fans thought on, the, thought on this? Because it, I, you're looking at his record, his only previous management experience is at Chatham Town. And it, I know sometimes, you know, it can work promoting from, from within, but we've seen it in the past when we promoted Graham Kavanagh to be manager, it doesn't necessarily work. It, 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 mm. it, it seems like it's, fans will always look at it as the lazy option, won't they, I think. Well, it sounds like we didn't even interview the guy. So when yeah. when you talk about like lazy option, they did a lot of work um, to try and recruit elite level development managers, is from what yeah. we hear. So they they really try to do what the the current norm and the very in vogue thing is is to find an under twenty three manager and bring them in. And the the big rumor it was Brighton's Andrew Crofts that yeah. we really, really courted and, and we let him really think about it, but it didn't happen. And then Dee McKaylee took over and then within a couple of weeks, Lindsay got it, which surprised and annoyed a lot of fans, not because it was Lindsay, it was because we spent so much time talking about leaving no stone unturned that we yeah. appointed the assistant head coach from the season before. Yeah. And, and you could have appointed him earlier, couldn't you? That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, Lindsay obviously has a say in the signings, but he uh, he is one of several people because he is a head coach, not a manager. Yeah. In terms of Lindsay, we've known about him for a long time. He was our under-18s manager under Mark Cooper many years ago. Uh, he speaks an all-right game, although his press conferences and post-match leave make it easy for people to feel a bit worried about yeah. him. He, when we lose, he just seems so deflated. And when we got a point against Salford, backs to the wall because we were down to 10 men, even though it wasn't 
as tough a draw than we expected, he was quite quick to say the implication that God, I did well. <laughs> didn't didn't yeah. we do? We got we we got it spot on. So he, he, he feel he, he's he's not great with interviews at the moment. In term, nobody nobody wants the cheap option, do yeah. they? We all we're a club that had Ozzy Ardi, well Lumakari, Ozzy Ardiles, and yeah. Glenn Hoddle back to back. And when you start under the Lee Power era, the 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 glamour of those big appointments are long gone. And that, yeah. that really started post De Canio, really. And Lindsay just shows it's such a hard job to hide your inexperience. Yeah. And sometimes he shows that you can be a fantastic coach, and I'm sure he is, but the managerial side comes with all sorts of extra responsibilities. And at the moment, I think a few fans are a little bit worried with what they hear. And it's hard to really know what's real or what's truthful and what's not, because what he says in a press conference, much like most managers, can be the complete opposite in reality. So obviously we discussed there before as well the fact that you've had a few changes to your squad over the summer. I mean, in particular, mm. looking at attack, you've got what, four new faces coming in there. I think you've lost a few loan players as well as the the players that obviously went to Charlton. How how are the new faces looking? Are they, are they going to take some time settling? I mean, one name that stood out to me actually was um, the lad from Air United. I think it's Tommy uh, Adioli. Mm. Adeloe, sorry, because um, there was rumours that he was on trial with us, but it was someone who looked very similar to him. Um, he looks interesting, Sally, because he seems to have a, quite a good record at Air United, north of the border. Yeah, he's possibly the player that raised the most eyebrows in terms mm. of when you look at his experience pre-Air United, and Air United did not have a good season, but he was probably yeah. their shining light. It's a very disjointed career so mm. far. For someone 26, he's never really stuck around. A lot of, almost, well, all of his career has been in semi-pro in England, and a lot of those haven't gone well. So to give him a two-year contract on the back of a good season at Air United did raise some eyebrows, and we'll, we'll see. But he has probably been one of the most positive. He looks busy, he looks strong, but we we we've barely had a shot on target in the last three games, so we've got to see what he's like going, um, you know, in front of goal, which we haven't seen much of so far. But we'll see. I'm not going to write him off just yet. But he doesn't have the career that makes me think he's going to play 60 times and score 35 no. goals before <laughs> we sell him to the championship. No. And in terms of others who come in, it seems to be a lot of a lot of younger players coming in from mm. sort of Premier League academies, and as well as you know the ones you mentioned that are coming from non-league. Yeah, so this is what I was implying before. The bulk of our signings this summer have been the sort of players that you expect to start the first couple of months on the bench yeah. and come in and play in the John, in the Papa John's and the League Cup, but they are very much part of the, the squad. Tyree Shade, he, you would know him because he played a lot for Walsall last season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've brought in Reese Devine, who was at Walsall as well, but he's coming from Manchester United. Kean Harries is probably one of the bar veteran players. He's coming from Bristol Rovers, but yeah, I remember him. He, he 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 actually did okay in our in our cup exit, but he hasn't. Uh, I don't think he's won the fans over already. Tom Clayton from Liverpool. Um, he'll he'll be steady, but he, these are his first games in pro football. We like the look of Ronan Darcy, um, but again, if he's so good, why why is he not starting in the first game? But he, he shows a really good touch. Uh, Romeo Hutton's coming from Barrow, good good potential, and he's really threatening on set pieces because he's got that long throw. 
Saido Khan's coming from Chesterfield. Chesterfield fans really liked him. That's good. He's shown glimpses. And really, our final signing in the permanent stakes has been Angus McDonald, who's instantly become our captain. And he's got championship experience. So um, he's behind on match fitness, but he'll get there. But oh, is it, there's no way any fan can say that this is an absolutely incredible bit of business across the board. And there's also no way we can write them off too. There's just, we haven't got the sweet comfort of familiar names. And that's what we cling on to. You know, when you when you see a signing announced, you go, wow, this guy, okay, he's played 200 times in, at this level. We've had a, a, a bunch of reveals where we've had to squint and go, I think I've heard of him. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. I vaguely know that guy. And when... Last year, we were bringing in Johnny Williams, Louis Reed, and we had Jack Payne already, and we're bringing Jojo Wallacott, people with, with pedigree. It was, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a season or a summer to adjust to what our standards are. They've, they've got a model at Swindon, they've got an algorithm, I don't bloody know, but, <laughs> but they're sticking to it, and um, we just have to be patient, really. Okay, so you mentioned the signings you made last summer there, but I noticed you you left one name out. So let, <laughs> there's no way we can get through this this talk without talking about him, Mister McCurdy. Mr. I mean, McCurdy. he's he's very much an enigma. Although I can think of other words that Carl Alphonse would use to describe him. I mean, he had a brilliant season for you, no <laughs> doubt about that. And I don't think any Carl Alphonse doubts that the lad's got talent. I mean, if you actually look at his record for us, eleven goals in thirty odd games, playing on the wing, terrific record. It really good. But there was always questions about his attitude, like f- mm-hmm. from pretty much round about October, November when he was with us. And in the end, it was the point where well, even however good he is, he's not worth keeping on because he's a disruption. Are we starting to see a few cracks there with him at Swindon or is he, is he still OK at the moment? No, I think there's a few cracks. I think Harry McCurdy's personality and demeanour means that for him to maintain his popularity, he has to score goals. And, um, you know, last season he went onto social media, offended a lot of people, referred to women's football as um, he'd rather watch paint dry. And yeah, and he does all sorts of, you know, digs and he's wound up more than just former clubs, fan bases um, over the last year. But he could back it up with his goals. He reaped what he sowed um, with Port Vale fans. that that's one of referring to them as the pigs yeah. and then missing the penalty and then and then everything that followed you know and now this year it, there's been rumors that he's not happy with the transfer business um there's been rumors that he does want to leave um but he he did the press conference last week he said all the right things it, it, they've always kind of guarded him from the press because yeah. he does speak his mind and his mind isn't necessarily what the club want people <laughs> listening to yeah. um and he wasn't good on the first at, at Harrogate um he got sent off in the first half against Salford and now he served his ban in the cup and he'll he'll, he'll be up at Brunton Park um hoping with his new Brown with his blue tick haircut um, to wind you all up. Um, McCurdy is like no other footballer I've ever experienced, really. We've had, you know, quirky personalities, but they've always been on the right side of that. But McCurdy can go the other way quite quick. He is absolutely adored, though, by the majority of Swindon fans. And I'll be interested to see how long that credit remains. And we'll, we'll have to see. But... If you're having that start of the season, there's no championship or high-end League One teams that are going to want Harry McCurdy based 
based on what they've seen so far this season. So, um, and plus his reputation is very much out there. So I think he's ours for the season and then we'll see how he does. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing is actually a lot of our fans love him now because that game back in February where you battered us was Keith Millen's last game in charge. He basically yeah, got we... the sack on the back of that and as a result, our Lord and Saviour Paul Simpson returned to the club and we could there not we be happier. So, But he might he might get a better reception than he expects this weekend, I think it's fair to say. I think that some fans, <laughs> might, maybe before kickoff at least, but anyway, but, but he, like you say, because his reputation precedes him, he's going to find it difficult to find other clubs. And that's the problem he's got, isn't it? And Salford found it so easy to play him out the game and wind him up. You yeah. know, they, they, it was. It, there's a lot of debate over whether the, the the second yellow card was indeed a second yellow. I, I can kind of. It, it took a super slow mo for me to yeah. sort of go. I think the referees probably got it right, but he was going off regardless in that game unless he was substituted. He, he was chippy from the first minute um, and you know some footballers when they really want to score they really want to do their best they, they 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 do it in a certain way and McCurdy seemed to channel his through just moaning for 43 minutes and then getting yeah. sent off so um, that's that's my concern you know and we just he needs to score we need to score we have not scored in three games so unfortunately for Carlisle you 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 are in the way of that so hopefully <laughs> that will end on the well, weekend. Well, I'd say one thing, you're not going to get as easy a test as you got back in February, because I mean, as good as you guys were that day, we were appalling, and the way Paul Simpson's got us playing is so much better than it was. We back are not great. the same team as that season, <laughs> and um, we it's, you, you, if you, when you're sat in the pub and sort of going, oh, they were good last year, I'm not saying we're not good, but we are not the same team. The loss of yeah. Jack Payne, for example, is massive. And McCurdy, I think, needed Jack Payne um, yeah. by his side, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, and we need to adjust to that. He's a huge, huge loss. Yeah. Well, Rich, I've, I've kept you a bit longer than expected. But before we finish, can you uh, just give us a prediction for this weekend's game? Oh, um, I, I I don't want to say Swindon will lose. I, I, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one because I need to see a point and a goal. I know we've already got one in, but we need to uh, we, we need to find that goal. But at the same time, I haven't seen enough to suggest that we can we can you know win a game. Um, we'll see one one, and I'll take that for Carla. Cheers, Rich. Thanks very much, and all the best for us the season after this weekend <laughs> thanks for having me well thanks once again to Rich for giving up his time to speak to us this week about uh, Swindon Town interesting little chat there Greg wasn't it I mean I th- why didn't they stick with the nickname the Moonrakers much, much better than the yeah, Robins isn't it yeah it's a bit cooler isn't it yeah and obviously the Spartans as well was one of the other nicknames they apparently had I mean come on I mean I- I've always said like our nickname's a bit lame really just the Cumbrians basically the county we're from isn't it so yeah, and as, as I said in the interview there, I, I really hate it when people call us the Foxes because we are not the Foxes. It's got to be very clear. It's not our nickname. Yeah. So there you go. It's Leicester, isn't it? Yep, exactly that. Right, let's look ahead to the Swindon game this weekend then, Greg. Um, yep, three o'clock kickoff at Brunton Park on Saturday. It's going to be sweltering this one, isn't it? I think it's 28 degrees something by kickoff. Yeah. So, lucky we we stand in the paddock, isn't it? Because I think we'll be getting a few burnt bonses uh, yeah. <laughs> for this one if we weren't. If we need stuff. I'll have to wear my bucket hat. <laughs> have to wear your bucket hat to cover it up, <laughs> won't you? Uh, there you go. Um, referee for this one, Andrew Kitchen from Durham. Uh, it's his second season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of two games so far this season, handing out eight yellow cards and one red card. Already, that was in the uh, I think Derby's two-on-one over Mansfield 
in midweek in the cup. Um, I, f- I think it was a Mansfield player he sent off in that one. Uh, last season he handed out sixty-nine yellow cards and two red cards in twenty-nine games. Uh, the last game he took charge of of United was uh, back in February. It was the three-one defeat to Port Vale, one of Keith Millen's final games in charge. It didn't hand out a single book in the night. We were both at that game, weren't we? Because it was a midweek and I was up for my birthday that week. And, and I went, took Megan to it. And I remember saying to me, like, do you genuinely watch this week in, week out? <laughs> and I was like... Was that, was that the one Windsor scored in? Yeah, Windsor scored in. Windsor yeah. scored. He had a good game, that one, actually. Yeah, he had a good game. Didn't have a great game against Colchester in the game after that. And then just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. I don't know if he's even turned up anywhere yet. No, it's straight. I think he's one of the few people who are left in the summer. He hasn't sorted himself out with the club. Well, there you go. Uh, assistants, uh, Helen Edwards and Simon Clayton and the four officials, Daniel Baines. Head-to-head record. It was the 51st meeting between the two sides. Um, the Robins are just ahead of us with 16 wins to our 13. 21 games have ended in a draw. Though. It's unusual. You don't see more draws than uh, wins for either side, usually in this uh, thing. Uh, their manager is Scott Lindsay. He was appointed in uh, this summer, in June 2022. So obviously mentioned there the fact that they had a very protracted managerial saga over the summer, didn't they? I think Ben Garner was courted by Charlton. And the, the story was that basically after the playoff defeat, Charlton had effectively approached and appointed him. But no no agreement was made over compensation, so neither club wanted to say anything. And for about a month, they knew he was going, but didn't say anything. <laughs> then finally Crazy. did announce it. And then they had a two-week drive to find uh, his replacement, a bit of recruitment, and ended up going for his assistant, who... Whose own previous experience is managing Chatham Town in non-league. It's a little bit worried, I think, for them because I know Garner's one of these up-and-coming young coaches. Lindsay isn't quite that. It's 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 a different approach, really. And we've seen before, haven't we? When you when you appoint the assistant, it doesn't always work out well, does it? No, not always. Yeah. Good luck to him, but not on Saturday. Indeed, indeed. Uh, very busy summer of recruitment. Obviously, they lost a few players to Charlton. Jack Payne probably being the biggest one uh, to depart, and Jojo Walcott, the, Walcott, sorry, the uh, goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, they lost a lot of loan players as well. But they, the number of signings, I'm not just counting up here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 new signings this summer, including, I think, there's three, three, only three of those are on loan as well. I mean, that's, that's quite a big turnaround. I know Simo said that he didn't really want a massive turn. We sound, I think, 10 players, didn't we? In the summer? He didn't really want as big a turnaround. So for them to have lost in a playoff semi and then bring all these players, it's a challenge, isn't yeah. it? Because it's hard to integrate that many players sometimes. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking down that list and I don't know many of them names on there. Yeah. So, big gamble. Yeah, Ronan Darcy from Bolton I've heard of him and Romeo Hutton as well from, from Barrow I think there was family reasons why he left Barrow to go to them he wanted to be back down south but yeah beyond that you've heard of Angus McDonald maybe a bit of experience yeah. but a lot of them are young players from, from Premier League under 23 sides and the expectations they're going to come in and make an impact straight away I, I'm not convinced frankly I think it's going to be a a tough one for them Um Looking through the squad, though, including the players who are left behind, Greg. Um, as he said there, there's not a huge amount of quality, is there? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm rubbish with names at the best of times, <laughs> but um, I'm just looking at that list and I'm thinking, I don't know who you are. And that doesn't, for the team that's just been in the playoffs, that does not fill me with any confidence at all. No, I'd, 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 if, if I was there, I don't think they'll be in enough trouble to go down. I, I think they're probably no. got just about enough to keep away from it. There's a few experienced players in there, like Gavin Gunning, 
McDonald's we mentioned already and, and Bowdry. And in defence, they've got a bit of experience. It's more when you look to midfield and attack that you worry and you think McCurdy's going to be carrying a hell of a lot of the weight for them, isn't he? I think, yeah. In terms of uh, yeah. trying to make a difference. Um, last time out, uh, they were beaten 2-0 by Walsall in the League Cup, but slightly a bit misleading that because they made 10 changes from the side that drew 0-0 with Salford in the, pre- in the league game at the weekend. So not likely to line up with the same team that played in that game. Speaking to Rich, obviously, on the interview just before, he did say that basically they had an almost an under-18 side out by the end of all the subs they made. They had a lot of kids coming off the bench and, yeah, expected to be a much-changed side. They'll be, in one sense, they'll be refreshed, but in another sense, you could argue we might have a little bit of momentum in terms of players having played yeah. another game, wouldn't you? That's what you'd hope. Yeah, yeah. hope so. Yeah. Um, obviously, we can't discuss overall form because we're only three games into the season, so there's not really anything to, to talk about in terms of that. Um, before we have a little chat about your YouTube channel, Greg, let's, let's talk about Mr. McCurdy then, the enigma that he is. Uh, I don't think anyone doubts he's got talent, does there? We've said this time and time again. He, he's, a, I mean, when he left us, I think he'd made something like 34 appearances and scored 11 goals from the wing. Basically, one in three in his yeah. first you know, full spell at a football club disrupted by COVID, he could have gone on probably to make, you know, score 15, 16 goals in a season. It's always his attitude that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you only have to look at when he's left and he, he puts things up on, on Instagram saying, oh, oh, I hate Carlisle United, don't use my photo on the on the FIFA thing. But even look at like Kev, uh, Kevin Ellison and the, the wind-up that, that he went and done there. Uh, but although Ellison's comeback with that video was <laughs> absolutely fantastic, um, but it's—I think it's just—it's just—I think that's what he likes to do. I think it's as if someone is telling him, you know, make a name for yourself, be a wind-up merchant, because that's—that's what he comes across, and, and as a consequence, he's living rent-free in a lot of heads. Yeah, he's—he's uh, basically a, he's a jack the lad, isn't he? Almost, I think he's a very—he still thinks he's a you know a teenager and can do what he wants. He, what he's twenty-five now. His, yeah. next, his next move should be his big move. There was rumours of Hibernian being interested in the summer, but nothing's come to that. And I'd imagine he probably is looking at Swindon's recruitment and thinking, I should probably try and get myself out of here soon because he's probably not going to have a chance at the playoffs this season. Yeah. But clubs clubs will take a look at things like what he said, you know, oh, women's, you know, whether he thinks women's football is really boring or not, tweeting about it or putting it on Instagram or whatever, just don't bother. Just keep yeah. it to yourself or whatever. And that, that, that's the kind of thing clubs can look at and think, he's not worth the hassle. Swindon took a gamble on him and it paid off for them, but long term it could work against them. I'm sure he'll have a good game against us yeah. this weekend as well. Oh, of course, but, he'll be up for it. But I also think when when you think back to when Swindon signed him, they were really really struggling and they yeah. had very little players, and it was it was a punt. It, at that time, it just felt like oh, we're getting a body in, and it's but fair play to them, it's paid off. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, really worth it, wasn't it? Um, Right, well, before we talk about uh, United uh, ahead of this game, Greg, let's, let's have a little chat about you, you and your... T- tell everyone about your, your YouTube channel, Billman's Beer Reviews. Yeah, so yeah, so I've got a, a YouTube channel called Billman's Beer Reviews. Um, you can have it if you search for that on YouTube or it's youtube.com forward slash Billman's Beer Reviews. So I do daily videos where I just do like three or four minutes having a little talk about beer because that's me of a big hobby and I've also I've, I've done the Jimmy Glass beer so I've got that in there on the channel oh. and I've also 
I've started to do um, pre-match pint videos now. So I'm I'm starting to do like a few big reviews in the pubs before the match. So last week I did one at the Linton Home in Carlisle and I'm I'm planning on uh, gradually getting around all the pubs in Carlisle doing um, beer reviews before the matches is my plan. Fantastic. It really is worth watching, actually. I really do enjoy watching them when I get the chance. Obviously, I subscribe, so I get told when the new ones are coming out and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy the one in the Lint. Obviously, we quite often me and Mike pop down yeah. to the Lint as well before games. Yeah, it's, the good thing about that pub is it's it's about five, ten minutes away from Brunton Park, but yeah. it's quite quiet as well. Yeah. So you can get served straight away. There's usually a game on on the telly. Um, and it's and it's fairly cheap, so can't knock it. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd, I'd re- I recommend it, but not to too many people because you don't want it to get too busy, do you? So you want to keep it a slight secret, <laughs> but not a total secret. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. So anyone who wants to find Greg's channel, it's, it's Bullman's Beer Reviews. That's B double O L M A N rather than Bullman. Bullman. Uh, yeah, you'll find it it's, enough. Yeah, it's it's because it's because a Scottish person called me Bullman rather than Bullman, <laughs> so that's the reason it's stuck. That's brilliant. Right, before we go on to the United stuff then, Greg, here's, here's the quick question I've got for you then, right? Okay. What are your three top beers you would recommend for Carla fans to drink pre-game? So are we saying in pubs around or if I could just have like fantasy beers? Uh, either, really. It's up to you. Right, so, well, if I'm going in the lint, I would have Strongbow Dark Fruit because that is my beer of choice pre-match. Yeah, if I'm in the If I'm in the rugby club, I'm going to have a pint of Corby. That's on on the real ales, yeah, lovely, and lovely. if and if I'm going after the game, I'll tend to go in Brewdog. So I'll have um, probably an IPA that's just came on as a guest beer because I prefer the guest beers to the Brewdog ones. But um, if I was gonna, if I could have a fantasy beer, yeah. I would have to. I'll go for Free Cumbrian Breweries. So I'll go for Oatmeal Stout from Carlisle Brewing Co. I'll have uh, Session New England IPA from. Lakes Bruco in Kendall, and I'll have Bit, which is a bitter from Ganyam out of Kendall as well. So there you go. Free local breweries. It's keeping it local. I really like that. Fantastic stuff there, Greg. Right, let's talk about United then in this big game. Um, Injury-wise, um, Dickinson, Senior and Dixon, obviously all still out of their ACL injuries long-term. Um, senior, obviously, hopefully will be back sometime late October, I think, so it's a couple of months away from him. The other two, you're looking at March and April, basically, for their returns, unfortunately. Um, Chats and Shell Silver are both still out with their hamstring injuries. Um, Shell Silver, I think, um, I think Simo said towards the end of September for him, and I think it's probably in the next couple of weeks for Charters to get back training on the grass at the very least. So, so that's in, encouraging to hopefully have him back soon and have another body in there. Um, there's obviously concerns about uh, Edmonds. I put Edmonds here. I was, I was thinking, have we said Noel Edmonds here? <laughs> I've not put the sun <laughs> on the end. Um, well, I'm uh, Mr. Bloody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ryan Edmondson concerned about his hip injury. It sounds like he trained okay yesterday, but unfortunately today he again felt it a little bit, so it'll obviously depend on how he feels tomorrow. I, I wonder if it's one way maybe they won't take a risk on starting him and, and Patrick and, yeah. and Dennis can start up front. I mean, it's a decent combination, to be fair, uh, anyway. Um, Jaden Harris came off with a little knock against... Um, uh, sure he's big. probably not as much of a concern because Moxon can slot into that role, can't he? So that's, he, I'm, I'm sure he probably will for this game. The big concern is Ben Barkley. He apparently uh, landed quite awkwardly, uh, took a bit of a heavy landing from a set piece late on in the game. Managed to play on through, but he has been struggling a little bit in training since then. So 
if he's out, and Simmer's made it clear that Paul Huntington won't be involved this weekend, he won't be even on the bench because he still needs to build up his fitness. What do we do? Because Simmer clearly wants to well, stick with a back three, doesn't he? And you've missed you've missed Feeney, yeah. and he's got the and he's got the moon boot as well, hasn't he? So oh, sorry, I completely forgot. So Feeney will yeah. be out of this game. I forgot to put that in. Yeah, you're right. Um, so. I, I really don't. I really don't know. Um, the obvious I'm one. Hoping, is, I'm hoping Barkley's going to be okay. Yeah, but. I wonder if Barkley's the one where they'll try and push him and try and get him started. But if he doesn't, a big opportunity for Jack Ellis to come into the team because we know yeah. he was a, he was a centre back for the for the youth team. He, he's looked good playing for the um, right wing back for us in the last couple of games of last season. Um, obviously, Finn back's got that position penciled down now. Um, I, I can't. I can't. It's one of those ones. Do you want him up against McGurdy? Probably not. But he's mobile. He can get about. Yeah. He's 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 a bigish lad. It could be a really big opportunity for him to say, "Well, actually, I am a centre back and I can play in this back three. He's probably not going to get too many starts in that position this season. But you know, I, I wouldn't be against it. I'd rather he wasn't. I'd rather it was uh, a yeah. there. But yeah, the chance. I just I'm just looking at that back three of Mellish, Whelan, and Ellis. If you're saying that, and that's I'm shuddering. Um, it's just. I don't know. It's, it is, it's a it big, massive look, change already, isn't it? It is starting to look a little bit weaker, isn't it? That's, that's the one concern. I think if you do make that change, some of it like, mm. okay, but yeah, you, you've got to get behind them, haven't you? And obviously, Holy's, oh, totally. Holy's look pretty solid behind them too. So that, that's that's been yeah. good to see. Um, so yeah, that's where we are in terms of injuries, and hopefully, hopefully, both Barkley and Harris will be fit to, to feature at the weekend. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, we, we think he's likely to to revert back to the. Pretty much the starting lineup from the first two league games, don't we? I think I can't see much changing beyond that. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I've just got a feeling that out of like Edmondson and Barkley, it sounds more like Barkley's a little bit more likely to play. So I, I, yeah. I, I would edge towards that. And up front, I'm thinking it might be uh, Patrick and Dennis yeah. and Edmondson on the bench, maybe. Yeah, the, the sensible thing to do potentially in that situation, and then and then Gibson back in, yeah, yeah, Gibson, yeah, and Moxon, yeah, yeah. Right, well, it's time for the prediction section, Greg. Um, you're going to get to take part here, and Mike's a little bit terrified that you're going to get end up getting more points than him from maybe one prediction this season. <laughs> <But> he does because <laughs> at the moment, points wise, uh, the current total is uh, Dan's got two, I've got two, and Mike has got zero. So it's your chance here potentially to to get ahead of uh, of us also. Greg, first up, all we need is your score and your sc- goal scorers for Carlisle, that is, I'll, obviously. Okay, I'll go Carlisle uh, to win 2-1 and a brace for Mary Patrick. Okay, so you're going to go for double, double for Patrick. Um, right, well, here's Mike's prediction. So I'm going to back a 2-1 win with Dennis getting a brace. Oh, it's very similar. He's gone for a different person to get a brace, though, hasn't he? Oh, very interesting. Right, okay. Uh, right, well, uh, Dan's up next, so here's what Dan had to say. I'm going to go for a hard-fought 1-1 draw this week. Uh, I think if we didn't have the injuries we possibly have, I would probably have went for the win. But no, I'm going to go for a one-all draw with Christian Dennis to keep up his scoring. Ooh, okay, so Dan's got a little bit of concern about the injuries, hasn't he? Going for a 1-1 mm. draw, being a bit more cautious, but backing Christian Dennis to keep that goal-scoring run going, isn't he? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do the same in terms of backing Dennis. I'm I'm going to be a bit more confident than all you. I think we're going to be riding a bit of a crest wave, even though we've got the injuries. I think the players that come in and are just so confident will just keep going. So I'm going to back a 
three one win. I think the defence issue might lead to them scoring a goal, and of course it'll be Mr. McCurdy. A three one win with a Dennis Brace and the other goal will be Owen Moxon. So there you go. I've gone for really good for that for this game. Right, uh, before I finish up, we've got the X file section. Not particularly busy this week, but there's a few little interesting bits in there. Um Goals in midweek in the in the League Cup, not not many ex Carl players scoring. Uh, but Andy Bre- Andy Cook, sorry, uh, made a bit decent impact. He scored a brace in Bradford City's two uh, one win over Hull City in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Brad Potts, he got on the score sheet in Preston Offense four one win over Huddersfield Town in the Cup as well. Huddersfield have had a bad start of the season after their playoff fair, yeah. haven't they? They've really struggled. They definitely yeah, I saw there. the game against. Um... Burnley, was it Burnley? They, yeah. were, they were all over the place. Yeah, they've lost a few players. A couple of them to Forest, actually. So it's yeah. a bit, bit unfortunate for them, but there you go. Um, and uh, in terms of goals, the other, only other one was that it was a, in a big game. Uh, James Tavernier, he scored a penalty in Rangers' 3-0 win uh, in the Champions League qualifier uh, against Belgian side. Right, I'm going to get this wrong out there. Union, San Gilios? Gilois? Gilois? I, I would have know. just said USG. I know, I should have said USG, <laughs> shouldn't I, really? But, but then it sounds like that shoe shop from the from the late 90s, doesn't it? So, so um, yeah, I think, because uh, did, did our good friend uh, Matty go up to that game, I think? Was he at it? Yeah, yeah, he was up there, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it sounded good. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other news, uh, Olafelu Olamola, he was named in the non-league uh, paper Team of the Week last weekend for his uh, goal-scoring debut for Wilson. He seems to start quite well at clubs, doesn't he, fella? But then just it always just drops off a little bit when managers lose a bit of faith in him. So uh, hopefully he can get a decent run going there. And, and the only other bit of news, um, well, actually there's two bits of news, because one came in just before we recorded. I haven't got it down in the uh, running order. And that's uh, Danny Devine has found a new club, Greg. He's joined Chester right. FC in uh, the National League wow. North. I, I think that's quite a good move for him. I think he could have gone to a National League club maybe, but he might have found himself struggling a bit with his fitness issues. If he can get a good run of fitness going, he could be a really good player at National League North level, I reckon. I reckon he could make a decent impact there. So, yeah, play to him. I think that's, that's a yeah. decent move. Um, and the only other bit is uh, Jared Branfrey. Another another debut for him, this time for the PSV first team. And he couldn't have picked a better game to make his debut in, could he? Yeah. 3-2 win in the Champions League qualifier uh, against French side Monaco. And as a result, he's now going to face uh, two former Blues, Tom Lawrence and James Taverney, in the next round. Because they play Rangers. For a chance to be in the group stage. I mean, it's funny because obviously I live down here and there's a lot of Everton fans here. And a lot of them saying it's ridiculous he's going to be playing in, in the Champions League before we ever get a chance for Everton. Yeah. I mean, Everton, Everton would be lucky if they play in the Champions League in the next decade, frankly, the way they've run at the time. So, uh, yeah. And after the injuries that they've had in centre-backs from the start of the season, you'd probably be playing this weekend yeah. for Everton. Yeah, that's, that's the frustrating thing they're probably looking at. But for his development, actually going to... PSV is going to be fantastic for him yeah. and it's going to be fantastic for us I think because there's a chance that he could potentially make us a lot of money from a sell-on at some point because if he has a really good season and he's brilliant in the Champions League he's going to have big European clubs coming in making you know 30-40 yeah. million pound offers and hopefully Dean Henderson's burned his bridges enough at Man United with the interview he did about the fact that he was uh, <laughs> lied to them and he'll get flogged next summer so we'll be getting yeah. we could be getting a good 10-12 million next summer yeah? we'll be in the money fingers crossed yeah similar loose on the, loose on the purse strings Right, well, that's it for this week. Greg, thank you very much for, for joining me. Really appreciate no you uh, stepping off the sub-bench and accepting my grovelling uh, request. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get you on again this season at some point. We'll get you on when, when Mike or Dan are on as well to get uh, the three of us and we can have a good chat as well. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, touch and go as to whether we're going to do a preview for the Grimsby game because I'm actually up in Cumbria this weekend. So um, 
there's a possibility I won't be getting back till late on the Sunday, so whether we'll be able to fit it in, I don't know. But we're going to have a look. We'll see how we can fit it around uh, all our availabilities for this one. Um, but we will definitely be back for a preview for the Stevenage game uh, next weekend. We're going to face Steve Evans' side down in um, Hertfordshire, I think it is, where Stevenage is. I can't I never yeah. remember, really, but... Uh, but there you go. And uh, there'll be a little treat for you in the 60-second review this weekend because my good lady wife is coming to the game with me and she said, I'll, I'll do a 60-second review. It'll almost certainly be her t- telling us about how great Bovril is and that's the only reason why she likes going to the car <laughs> games, basically. Quite why she wants to drink Bovril in 28 degrees, I have no idea. But uh, I mean, she's a bit off her box. And uh, yeah, the joke is there. Obviously, she married me, so she must be off her box. But there you go. Right, Greg, thanks once again for joining me. Thanks no, everyone bye-bye. for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. Bye.